so inshallah this series is going to be an entire tafsir of the whole Quran from Surah Al-Fatiha until Surah Al-Nas inshallah ta'ala. The idea behind it is that it is a tafsir that is easy breezy, right? It's something that anyone can pick up on. I'm not assuming that you guys are scholars in language, that you've memorized mm-hmm. Al-Fiyat ibn Malik, or that um, you have a background in tafsir. I'm assuming that there is no background. And so it's something that is accessible for everybody, inshallah ta'ala. And we'll try and make it as easy as possible, something that is just um, a clear explanation. That's a good segue into defining tafsir. Tafsir is an explanation of something, not an interpretation. An interpretation is subjective. An explanation is something that is objective to the meaning of what it was sent, what it, what it, what it was meant for. And so that is the difference between tafsir and another science called ta'wil. Ta'wil is basically to take a phrase and to say, okay, how can this be applied in different scenarios? What are different angles that you can look at it? And that has its, that has its, its branches and it has its, its uh, fruits that you can bear um, from a personal perspective, right? So for example, when we look at the story of Musa alayhi salam, we don't look at it metaphorically, right? We look at it literally. Musa alayhi salam was a person who spoke to Fir'aun who was a person. And um, that is the tafsir of it, the explanation of it. The ta'wil of it is saying, okay, a person of power, Fir'aun, abusing that power in any kind of situation. And so you may do ta'wil of this and say that any uh, taghiya or any tyrant is a Fir'aun and Musa salam, a person who's coming to speak the truth, etc. This is a metaphorical way of speech. This is more ta'wil. It's not necessarily tafsir of the Qur'an. And so when we're saying tafsir, it's the art or science of explaining the Qur'an in its bare you know, understanding of without, without adding any kind of you know, personal subjective thoughts into it. And so it's an exploration of what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala meant when he said certain things via the uh, processes that we'll mention in a moment. And so um, tafsir, by the way, as a science is one of the most comprehensive sciences in the Quran, right? So fiqh, and hadith, right? When you're look, learning about hadith, it has to do with tafsir. You're looking at certain things. Seerah. When you're learning the seerah, you're doing tafsir of the Quran. For example, um, uh, Hudaybiyah, right? The, the, the treaty of Hudaybiyah was what prompted the revelation of Surah Al Fatih. And the list goes on. And so seerah is something that is explaining the Quran or the chronological, for the most part the chronological series and sequence of the revelation of the Qur'an and its incidents that happened and the context in which it happened. Um, And then also it's a language, it's an anchor for language. Every language morphs over time, right? Who's read Shakespeare? Hamlet. Who's read it, right? Can you understand it? You need a tafsir of it, right? (laughs) It's something, the language changes. English is changing over time and we can actually see that within the past 20 years. Um, uh, other languages they morph and change. Spanish, right? Who speaks Spanish? Nobody? You speak Spanish. Spanish is something that is influenced by Arabic and it changed because of Arabic. 
right? And many, many languages change. The Qur'an anchors the Arabic language so that it is unchanging because it is something that we worship by reciting it uh, exactly as it's revealed, right? Phrase by phrase. If someone stands up in Salah and starts reading Surah Al-Fatiha by its meaning in Arabic, everyone will tackle him, right? It's anchored by the religion that it must be recited in the rhetorical, in the grammatical, in the uh, uh, um, way that it was revealed. It is unchanging. And so it anchors the language. And so when you want to reference the Arabic language, for the Muslim and non-Muslim alike, where do they go? They go to the Qur'an to know the language itself. Because people's slang and people's influences change over time, right? But the Qur'an anchors that. And so Muslim and non-Muslim, they actually reference the Qur'an. There was actually a, a Christian uh, Jordanian that I knew in college who memorized the whole Qur'an because he wanted to master the Arabic language. And so this is um, just one of the you know, concepts. So how do we do tafsir? How do we explain the Qur'an? Right? We have a, an, a verse. We want to explain it. How do we explain it? There is a way that we go through. There's a progression that we follow when we want to explain. There's a prioritization of what comes first. The first thing that we do is we do tafsir of the Qur'an with the Qur'an. So we'll, we'll jump a little bit ahead using examples from Surah Al-Fatiha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, uh, right? Guide us to the straight path, the path of those you have bestowed your, your bounty upon. Who are those people? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does tafsir of this in another surah, in surah An-Nisa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The prophets, والصديقين. the ones who truthfully follow those prophets, uh, and the martyrs and those who are righteous these are those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed his bounty upon they are the ones on sirat al-mustaqim and so we, what we did here was we explained a phrase in surah al-fatiha using the phrase in surah al-nisa and so using the Quran to explain the Quran is the first thing that we do if we're not able to do that then we look into the sunnah of the Prophet right? and he explained some of the verses so uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this in Surah Al-Hijr What is What is it? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He says That the, the um, right, the source of the Quran Or the, the root of the Quran which, What is um al-Quran? Surah Al-Fatiha, right? Surah Al-Fatiha is Al-Mathani And it is Al-Quran Al-Azim it's a name of Surah Al-Fatiha. We'll talk about the names in a second. But the idea is the Prophet explained what this verse is referring to, meaning uh, Surah Al-Fatiha. The third is that we look into what the companion said, and many times people will reference Turjuman Al-Quran. Who is Turjuman Al-Quran? The translator of the Quran, the one who explains it. Who is it? Ibn Abbas, right? We look into the sayings of the Sahaba. Who, where do you think they got their tafsir from? The Prophet We look into their students. We look into the generations of scholars that have explained it. One example where this kind of uh, comes up is وَالْعَادِيَاتِ ضَبْحَ Right? الْعَادِيَاتِ What are الْعَادِيَاتِ? There's a difference of opinion. Ali radiallahu anh, he said that it was the camels. Right? And other uh, uh, companions, they said they are the horses when they strike the ground, when their hooves strike the ground. And so there's a difference of opinion here. We look at it because of the difference from the companions, and so we see from the earlier generations they explain the Qur'an. Um, sometimes we need certain things to fill in the blanks, right? Musa alayhi salam, he says, 
to his people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands them to slaughter a cow. Right? The story in, in Surah Al-Baqarah. Why, why did this happen? What, was, what filled in the, 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 you know, what crossed the T's and dot the I's or dot the T's and cross the I's? Right? What was it? We look into the stories of the people of the book. Now, this one is a little tricky. Some of it is reliable. Some of it is not necessarily reliable. Um, we take it at, at face value. Right? Where we don't necessarily say it's a lie unless it's something that goes against our principles. Right? When they say Nuh salam was drunk in the streets, we reject this. Because Nuh salam is a prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's unbefitting of a prophet. But then there are other things where they may explain that someone had murdered another person during the time of Musa. And so they were going to Musa salam to um, figure out what to do in that situation. And then Musa salam told them to slaughter a cow. There, there, there's a way to reference some of the things of the people of the book and then there are other things that are not necessarily appropriate that are um, not taken. Um, lastly, we look at the Qur'an from a linguistic perspective. Its linguistic element is how we also do tafsir of it and some of the scholars like Zamakhshari, right, in his, in his work and At-Tahrir wa Tanweer for Ibn Ashur, these uh, master, masterpieces of, of work that um, break everything down from a linguistic sense, kind of bring out the spirituality of the Qur'an even more when a person can look at it in, in, a, in, a, in a rhetorical sense and how powerful the, the rhetoric of the Qur'an is uh, when it's speaking to, to, to us. And so um, this is the, in, in a nutshell, kind of how we do tafsir, how we explain the Qur'an. And so without further ado, we'll go into the brief very brief tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha. Try and do it in about 10 minutes. Um, and so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the surah according to Imam al-Shafi'i and Imam Ahmad. They say this is the first ayah in Surah Al-Fatiha, which is Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The ba in Bismillah, uh, there's a difference of opinion, right? Some people, they say in the name of Allah, right? In the name of Allah, I begin. Or some of them, and they're saying basically it's ba, uh, it's something that you're starting something. And then others, they're saying, I begin in the name of Allah. Right? So it's kind of the same thing, but it's, it's a little, there's a small differentiation there. In the name of Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. And then we'll, we'll translate this or, or explain this in the next, in the coming ayah. Um, according to Imam Abu Hanifa and Imam Malik, they say this is not a verse from Surah Al-Fatiha. That's why they don't recite it uh, in Salah. And why do they say this? They say this because of the hadith of the Prophet وسلم, who is uh, narrating what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَسَمْتُ الصَّلَاةَ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ عَبْدِي نِصْفَيْنِ وَلِعَبْدِي مَا سَأَلْ I have uh, um, broken this, the, the prayer, the dua, which is a name of Surah Al-Fatiha. I've broken it into two pieces. Meaning he asks and I, and I answer, right? When he asks, I answer. Um, and for my servants is whatever he asks. When does the surah start? When his servant says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alami. He starts with Alhamdulillah. And so because of this hadith, they say that um, the beginning of the surah is from Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alami. While the Shafi'is and the, and the Hanbalis, they say no, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is the first ayah. Again, we're just kind of keeping it brief here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamd. Al, the Al here, the first Al, is istighraqiya, meaning it takes the entire praise, right? It takes the entire thing. When you say Al-Insan, um, the, the humanity, right? 
in, in Arabic, when you're using the, you're referring to everything under it. It encompasses everything within it. And so when you're saying Alhamdulillah, you're saying all of the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Alhamd, the word Hamd, is similar a little bit to Shukr. But there are some differences between them. First, Alhamd is a verbal usage. It's not a physical manifestation. You don't act out of praise. You say the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? While as shukr, thankfulness, is something you act out of thankfulness and gratitude, and you also say it, right? That you, you say thank you for if someone does something good to you. Um, hamd is unrestricted based off of the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you. While shukr is restricted to a situation when someone does something good to you, you thank him. You don't thank someone preemptively, right? Unless you're trying to ask for something. <laughs> you say, you know, thank you for that Lamborghini. And you say, okay, fine, here, take the Lamborghini. You know, hopefully that will. <laughs> um, but you don't, you don't thank someone until after they give you something, right? But praise, praise is done at all times. It's something that is not restricted based off of the blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they, when they actually come down. It's open for all times and all places. Um, and there are a lot of different, um, more detailed ways of looking at it. It's beyond necessarily what we're trying to accomplish here, but to understand alhamd, the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you're praising somebody, you're praising somebody over something beautiful that they have within their characteristics. You don't praise somebody for being a thief, right? That's either you're mocking them or, you know, it's ignorance, right? It's not a good thing to praise someone for something negative. And so all of the praises of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beautiful and He only has beautiful attributes, Jalla Jalalu. And so you're praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything. Lillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allah, when you're saying Lafta Jalala, right, the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, some of the Mufassirun and some of the linguists, they say that it goes back to the word Al-Ilah. And it was turned easy calling it Allah. Right? Al-Ilah is a little difficult. In the Arab, they like to you know, make things smoother, like mathematicians. They like to kind of, you know, skip steps a little bit. So they say Allah instead of Al-Ilah. This is according to some of the Mufassirun. Others, they say, no, 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 it is an actual name, Allah. It is as, as it was since the, since the, the time of the language, uh, the Arabic language. And so um, it is referencing the name of Allah Jalla Jalalu, Lafd Al-Jalala. In Arabic, we say Lafd Al-Jalala, the name of Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, the Majestic. Um, Rabb is the owner the caretaker, the nurturer, the sustainer, right? When you say Rabbul Mal in Arabic, when you're saying Rabbul Mal, you're saying the, the person who's in charge of the wealth. Or um, when you're referring to, uh, you know, the owner of sheep, right? He takes care of the sheep. He makes sure that they don't fall, fall prey to the wolves. He's the Rabb of that uh, situation. Kind of like saying landlord, right? The landlord, he's in charge of changing the lights. He's in charge of any kind of things that happen. And so when you're using the word Lord here, meaning that he's responsible for it and he's the caretaker of it and he's the owner of it. And in Arabic, it's the same. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a Rabb. He is the Lord, the caretaker, the sustainer and the owner of Al-Alameen. What is Al-Alameen? Musa alayhi salam gives us an answer. Now we're doing tafsir of Quran with the Quran. Fir'aun, he says, What is Rabbul Alameen? Musa alayhi salam, he responds in Surah Al-Shu'ara, قَالَ رَبُّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُوْقِنِينَ Right, he says, he is the Lord of the heavens and the earth and everything inside. Al-Alameen is everything in, in the heavens and the earth. Restricted with time or unrestricted with time, right? 
one of the examples is basically uh, um, uh, where the angels came إِذْ قَالَتِ الْمَلَائِكَةُ يَا مَرْيَمُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَاكِ وَطَهَرَكِ وَاصْطَفَاكِ عَلَى نِسَاءِ الْعَالَمِينَ Right? O Maryam, you have been chosen of all of the women. Here, all of the women is referring to which women? Of her time. Right? You're chosen of all the women right now on earth. Right? And so Al-Alameen can refer to all of time and Al-Alam, every Alam is basically a certain parcel of time. And so Maryam is from the chosen ones of all of the women, right? Of all times. And so this is Al-Alameen, Rabbul Alameen is, he is the Lord of the past and Lord of the future and Lord of the present and all that is within all of creation that is within, whether it's within the heavens or whether it's in the earth. Right? And so this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the heavens and the earth and all that is within Jalla Jalalu. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. Now we're talking, we mentioned it earlier, but we didn't do tafsir because there's a little bit of a repetition here. Ar-Rahman goes back to, uh, in Arabic there's a wazan, right? There's a metric that you follow, right? So it goes back to Rahama, right? Both of them, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, they both have the Ra, the Ha, and the Meem. So they both mean the same thing. They're basically uh, exaggerations of the merciful. They're synonymous. And according to most scholars, there's no difference between them as far as you know, any kind of practical sense. They mean the same thing. The most merciful, the most merciful. But they're looking at it from a different perspective where they say, Rahman ala wazni fa'lan. What's an example of this? Ghadban, right? Angry. Are you angry all the time? No. You don't say that a person is... Perpetually angry, right? He's angry in certain situations, then he's calm. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy, Rahman, is for the dunya, right? And the Rahim is merciful in the dunya and the akhirah. But then there's the dua of the Prophet where he says, Rahman of dunya wal akhirati wa rahimahuma. So then basically, this whole argument falls apart from the Mufassirun, where they say, no, it's both interchangeable. Basically, the most merciful, the most merciful. Or the benevolent, the merciful. The all merciful and the most merciful. Some say that Rahman is for all of the Muslims and the Kafir and all of them, and the Rahim is exclusive for uh, the believers. Rahima. He was for the believers specifically, Rahim. And so there's different interpretations. The idea is they are both exaggerations. Or not exaggerations, but basically emphasis of rahmah, the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Maliki, and in another qira'ah, Maliki, Yawmiddin. The Lord and the owner and the king of the day of, uh, of, the day of judgment. A deen is, refer- is not referring to the, the deen, the, the religion. A deen here goes back to Dana Yadunu. Right? That the smart person is a person who evaluates. And so it is the day of evaluation. He is the king of the day of evaluation or the day of judgment. And so Dean here is referring to the actual judgment that's happening between people. And he is the owner of that day. I ask you this, you guys can answer. Is that day an easy day or a difficult day? It's difficult, right? And it shows his lordship and his power and his command, right? Um, where he was samawatu matwiyatun biyaminih jalla jalalu the heavens are folded in his hand on that day where all the kings fall before him and all the lords prostrate before him and all the creation is there before him it's a great it's a day of power and majesty let me ask you this isn't it more um, uh, appropriate to attribute that with rabbil alamin why split between them the mercy of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the lord of the heavens and the earth and the king of the day of judgment, why put in between that 
Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. Why put between that the most merciful, the most merciful? Isn't it more appropriate from a logical perspective to say, Lord of the heavens and the earth, Lord of the day of judgment, he is also the merciful. Right? Because you're looking at it from a logical thing. Uh, Sheikh Saeed Al-Kamali mentions in his, in his explanation of this, he says something amazing. Uh, when you look into the... Uh, this is where you're untangling things and sometimes you rush quickly and you're reading this 17 times a day and you don't really think about it. There's something here, there's a hint of optimism for the believers where the day of judgment is a day of terror and a day of fear. Every person is scared. Am I going to receive the book in my right hand or am I going to receive it in my left hand? Jahannam is right there. The angels and the, and the jinn are all there. We're seeing all sorts of terrifying situations. What's going to happen? And so as a precursor to that, as a rahmah for the believers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding of his, of his mercy before reminding them of that terrifying day. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawm al-Din. So for the believers, it's a time of rahmah. It's a time of optimism for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that day easy for us. Iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. You alone we worship and you alone we rely on. Guide us to that straight path, not the path that has any kind of, uh, you know, you know when, you, when you talk to some different faith groups, they can't even explain their own theology, right? But this is a straight path. This is a straight path, it's an easy path, it's very straightforward, there's no question, it's something that makes sense, it's perfectly in tune with our natural disposition, our fitra. And so it's something that just falls in line with everything that we know to be the world that we all perceive. And so, guide us to that straight path. Sirat uh, al-ladina an'amta alayhim, that path that, uh, that, that you have bestowed your bounty upon, they have followed in that path, the people, the prophets, and the martyrs, and the, and the salihin, the righteous, and those who supported the, the prophets, the siddiqin, those people, put us on that path, like them. Not those who you are angry with and not those who are lost. Not those who are lost. And some of the Mufassirun, they, they attribute, you know, for example, Al-Maghdub is referring to um, uh, uh, the Jews and Al-Dalin are the Christians because they didn't necessarily have their, their Injil. This is a tafsir, um, but the linguistic proof is still valid where you don't want to be from those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry upon, and you don't want to be from those who are lost, those who are negligent, those who completely are uh, uh, blocked and, and have a barrier between them and, and their creator, and they don't have a relationship with the one who nurtures them and sustains them. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to that path. This surah is, su is the surah, it's a shafia, the, the, the cure, it is al-waqiyah, it is the protector. This surah is Ummul kitab this surah is Ummul quran It is the source, it is, the, it is the, the, the beginning of the Qur'an, the opening of the Qur'an, an opening of optimism, an opening of majesty of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and a dua that we constantly make. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us to what's best. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.